Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I like to say that hair is a woman's best accessory. And thanks to my friends at Way, they make it possible to have good hair days every day. Let me tell you, Way's hair oil has become a game changer in my hair care routine. So if you're ready to have good hair days every single day, you got to check out Way. Head over to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com to check out their products. And here's a little treat for you guys use the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off your purchase. Yep, the Way, T H E O U A I dot com, promo code Heel Squad for 15% off. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menino. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. It is Wednesday, May 13th, 2020, and it seems that for the rest of the year, we will be in quarantine, guys. That is the news of the day. Oh, yeah. Hooray. Is it official? I've got my crystal wheel that I'm holding on to. Uh, Well, we're going to get to that. Let's get to our quote of the day. Your emotions are the slaves to your thoughts. And you are the slave to your emotions. Oh, damn, Stephen. Is that heading hard right now? <laughs> did, you just, did you just look that up now? No. That's by Elizabeth Gilbert, who was on our show. Let's let's read this again. And Kevin, as he's in studio, I don't know if you can cut to his shot. He's just kind of doing some last-minute little fixes in here. Say hello to Kevin, everybody. This is my husband. Um, okay. Your emotions are the slaves to your thoughts. 
and you're the slave to your emotions. So your your thoughts bend your emotions, but then you are bent by how your thoughts bend your emotions. Kind of, yeah. Right? It's kind of deep. So if you overthink things and it makes you emotional, then you're going to act upon those emotions and be a slave to them. Yeah. You know what's so weird is my right eye is like so blurry right now. And I'm like, I feel like my brain's a little little too blurry to understand it. Maybe it's just too deep for me right now. I don't know. But I'm like trying to. Can I say the way I read it? Yeah. So the way I'm sort of reading it is like, we can like take captive of our thoughts before anything else to keep ourselves in check. Like what I like about some of the work we've been doing on the show, Marie, what I've been learning is like, and actually this is a lot of what Judy talks about too. She does feelings-based coaching. Who's our guest today. We'll get into her in a minute, but it's the idea that like, um, if we can learn to like take captive our thoughts right away, that might send us into a spiral that will keep our emotions in check, which will in turn keep ourselves in check. Mm. That's how I read it. I like that. So I um I had a not so awesome day yesterday and this morning I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm going to meditate. But I was like meditating. And you know, what's funny. I listened to the same meditation. I've been doing it throughout quarantine. It's Agapi's um, uh, six minute wake up to your joy meditation that I love. And we've talked about on the show a million times. And she sounded angry today, but it's the same meditation I hear every day. And she sounded cold and like, yeah, like almost angry. And it was the strangest sensation because I'm sitting there and I'm like, huh. And I'm, I'm replaying different things from yesterday and I'm, I'm not in a good place. And then I would go, you know, go to the places she was telling me with the rainbows and the fields of sunflowers and, and I would get there, but then I would leave and she just sounded so not nice. And I realized, uh oh, I think we got a problem here. And so um, I was like, okay, I need to do a little bit more work. So then I grabbed my uh, Gabby Bernstein Super Attractor Journal, and I was reading notes that I was like, okay, I need some help here because I need to shift. And, and I remembered having notes that would help me shift. And one of the notes, and let me find it here, um, is it was about negative emotion. So if I'm out of sync... It's okay. Don't be mad when you're ebbing. When you feel good in contemplation, um, not that part. Um, when you're out of sync, it's okay, right? And so the biggest thing was to um, to calibrate to your desires um, and and let go of the things that are troubling you. So I started thinking about the fact that I had all of these like desires written down that I did earlier in the year and I started manifesting them in such a big way. Even the ones that I didn't like, I kind of was like, wow, that's kind of bold of me to desire that. And I'm seeing it all kind of unfold now. So the way I got myself out of it was I went up and I held onto my little crystal wheel. <laughs> I know this sounds so dorky. I held onto my little crystal wheel and I, I started Focusing first on on um, good feeling thoughts, so I could calibrate to good feeling thoughts in order to then focus on my desires that would eventually like lead me out of that uh, disconnection. Right, I was disconnected from source, and so I started thinking of butterflies, and then I thought of you know little puppies' faces. There was a little corgi puppy somehow yesterday. I don't know where I saw it in video or whatever. Saw a little corgi puppy. 
And then I started thinking about flowers and smelling flowers and trees and the beauty of nature and Max's face and Winnie's face and little William's face. And I was like, okay, now I feel really good. And then from really good, I started reading my desires and and then visualizing them as if they've happened and the feeling, you know, calibrating to the feeling of how it feels when it's happened. And so that helped me kind of get into my place, right? Because my emotions were becoming slaves to my crazy thoughts. And so I had to get out of that. Um, And that was my process this morning. And it really worked because I feel really good right now. I like how we're in, uh, what is it, May 13th Mm -hmm. is today? And that's five months into you using the word bold. And I feel like you forgot because you're like, oh, my desires are just too bold. Yeah. I'm like, that was your word this year. Shouldn't they be bold? I know. I know. Well, you know, the year hasn't worked out the way we thought it was going to work. The year has been bold. (laughs) Well, like, you know, you put your New Year's resolution or your, we created a word here rather than a resolution. And mine was to be more bold and to ask for help and to... You know, I think it was part of what we're going to talk about in the Patreon episode. If you haven't become a a member yet, please do just click the link in the summary and join us. Uh, We're going to be talking Brene Brown today and vulnerability and shame and um, and all of that. And yeah, I think it's always been um, a, a bit of an issue for me, vulnerability, even though I can be vulnerable, but I also am a Gemini. So I've got both sides. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Um, which are dueling or I'm like super vulnerable and then I'm super not. So um, being bold is, you know, it takes a lot of vulnerability to go ask for help and admit you need help and things like that. So, um, so yeah, that was my, my, my word for the year. But then when you're stuck at home, it doesn't feel <laughs> the same, like when you're going out into the world and, and having those moments. And so it's been strange. And of course, yesterday we heard that uh, it looks like at least in the Los Angeles area that we are going to stay on lockdown until mid-August. Jeff, newsman Jeff, I'm dubbing you newsman Jeff today. Take it away and tell us what's happening. Well, what's interesting is it's a little unclear. We have sort of multiple voices coming from LA's officials letting us know what's going on. Um, On one hand, it's so the um, LA Public Health Director, Barbara Ferrer, was saying that it looks like it's going to be months before we can get out. But then I think probably partly because of the backlash and panic, Garcetti came in and said, well, maybe it won't be that long. We just have to kind of move slowly. 
Um, so um, I don't know. It's all kind of fishy. And I think it's hard to know exactly what the L.A. Um, officials are really telling us. Yeah, well, I think my thought was that they were dipping their toe in and saying, hey, I think we're going to be keeping it closed for a while because I was pretty confident they were going to be opening it up and that we were going to be done and I'd be able to get my stairwell um, cleaned. <laughs> so, um, got to have a clean stairwell. I, well, my stairs, Winnie is a little bitch and she's peed on my stairwell and they're filthy. They're just filthy between all of us running up and down the stairs with our sneakers and shoes on and the dogs and all of that. So, um, I, I am desperately wanting to have someone come clean our stairwell rugs. But I do have my dad here, and my dad did do that for a profession for so many years. He was a carpet cleaner. And so I'm wondering if I just don't go to Ralph's or whatever and buy the little, like, unit and ask him to do it. But stairs are such a bitch to do, and I feel so, so guilty to ask him. <laughs> Isn't there, like, a hand, like a hand thing you can use that you drag across the stairs and it works really well yeah i mean i feel like we've had all of those little gadgets i just i don't know i gotta look i gotta look we have so many gadgets and i don't think we even know how to use all this stuff that's what i'm going to start doing on this show is i feel like we're going to start doing segments to to teach people how to use their stuff because i really need to learn how to use my stuff (laughs) so um i mean i have like the roomba and the Roomba's you great. do? I do. I have a Roomba in my room because I don't have carpet, so I want I don't like stepping on like orts or whatever. So like, yeah, the Roomba takes care of everything, but it eats my cell phone cord all the time. So like, how do we fix that? Like, I wish people had taught me how to actually use that. Or when we have like the high pressure water um, thing, like not the handheld one, but the one for carpets. Mm-hmm. Like the last time I tried to use that, it broke after like three uses because I feel like it was my fault. I have an idea for your cord. Why didn't you get one of those big, um, you know, those th- units that you use when you have multiple cords, you want to organize them into one, you know, pipe thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put your cord in the pipe thingy. It's a good idea. I'm a Solid. genius. But I wish there was like intro to Roomba or intro to, you know, carpet cleaner. That's yeah. a good idea. I just, well, listen, there are a lot of people on YouTube that are doing these things, but they just, it's like, it takes a million hours. They've got to give all their plugs. It's very like frustrating. I relate to that on such a visceral level. My big thing is recipes. Whenever I go online and I'm looking for a recipe, I don't want the full story of your grandson's bar mitzvah. I just want to know (laughs) how to make the lemon. Tell me how to make it. (laughs) Exactly. So long. Yeah. It's, um, it's like their big intro and blah, blah, blah. Very, uh, it's very difficult, so yeah. It it just yeah. August. Marie, so what do you think? Mid I mean, August, it's interesting. Guys. I'm looking at these um travel restrictions, these uh lockdown restrictions. I I almost feel like even LA doesn't exactly know what to do. It's interesting with this pandemic. I feel like every day it feels like confusion is the main thing that's kind of guiding all of us. Yeah, well, I I was watching a bit of the local news this morning, and they were talking about how um, some parts of California are reopened. Mm -hmm. The parks, hiking trails, and I believe 
Yeah, like they're opening some retail stores if they do curbside pickup. Like, yeah, but like I mean, in like I think Northern California areas, like LA County, because it's the hardest hit or something, they're they're going to be tougher on. But some of the other areas in California are like opened. I guess it's just a very strange time because when we were all shut down, it was one thing. Now it's like some people are open. Like I saw a tease on the news where it's like if you've got a script and you've got you know actors and you've got this and that, you know. There's a place where they're telling you to come. So, like, I guess some cities probably encouraging production and, um, you know, like parts of our country are like actually living. And we're like, okay, so we aren't going to see friends or family for like most of 2020. Love LA. It's kind of bananas. <laughs> I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But um, I noticed I noticed a a huge shift yesterday, though. What did you notice? Um. Well, just, you know, we, we do AfterBuzz TV and we still do everything remotely. And I think everyone was really counting on this May 17th opening yeah. and, like, things being back in business. I thought it was going to. I thought that they were going to be left with no choice because people were really pushing back and angry and protesting. I was like, ah, oh, they're going to give up and we're just going to end up dealing with the consequences later. So I was really surprised. Well, our hosts were really looking forward to it, too. And I noticed a huge drop in energy. Like everyone's just kind of feels like they got the wind kicked out of them from not even an official statement, just people saying this may be until August. Yeah. And it's just crazy because we're hitting, once we hit June, that's three months of rent that people are backed up on. And that's when, I think that's when things start getting iffy where, you know, we have to weigh the cost of like people need to be able to pay, feed their family. Yeah. Like we're really hitting crazy marks right now. In terms of well, how this has affected everyone. Yeah, and you think, what was it? How much did everybody get? $1,200? Yeah. So for two months, that would be, I mean, most people, at least in LA, are paying $1,000 a month. A couple grand, really. What? I think I think it's hard to find rent for less than 1800 1800 Holy shit, I'm in the Stone Ages. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, the relief they gave doesn't even cover your rent. No, not in LA. It's 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 a toughie, and um, it's really interesting. I was reading an article about Sweden, and this is one of those things where I want to speak tactfully here because, as all of us know, the news we get, sometimes we don't know how much validity there is. But um, as you know, they were one of the few countries that didn't push really extreme shelter in places as hard as other countries. They're still really pushing masks, but um, it hasn't been great in Sweden, but it's actually been better than Belgium, France, and other European countries. And they're developing herd immunity fast, which means people are saying Sweden is going to be okay in the next couple months to reopen because wow. of the herd immunity. But do uh, we really know if herd immunity is even real? Because they're saying that you might be able to contract it more than once. Well, herd immunity is interesting because obviously Tony Robbins talked about it on our show, but it doesn't really start happening until 70% of the population has been, you know, affected. So if you're going to look at Sweden and say, okay, herd immunity... That kind of doesn't really connect with science because unless they're walking around infecting everyone with coronavirus to get herd immunity, I don't see it happening. U.S., we still only have 3 to 7% of our population, even with 200,000-plus cases. But that we know. Yeah. I actually don't exactly. think we know, right? I the mean, extent. We really have not had any kind of real level of testing anyhow. And furthermore, this was going on far earlier than I think we think or that it really came on our radar. 
So, you know, I have like neighbors that were violently ill back in December that are now convinced they had coronavirus. 100%. You can get it and not show symptoms. So like, see, yeah. it could be that tons of people in Sweden had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, if you think about it, um, I mean, you guys know, I was talking to different people whose family were nurses in the early, early, like when quarantine first started, those nurses were like bawling. They're like, they don't want us to tell you how bad it is. Like how many people are in here? Like they were hiding things. So we don't know what the truth really is. It's it's like everything is so politically driven too. It's like, you know, these people don't want it. They want everybody. Everybody has agendas. So we don't. That's the unfortunate part about all of this is we don't know anything. Yeah the the documentation that's public right now says that the earliest cases were November. The earliest cases for U.S. Go. were December, and the knowledge of human transmission was mid December. And the World Health Organization withheld that information until late January. So you just look at this cluster F of communication between citizens and its government, whether that's China or the U.S. or anywhere. Yeah. And it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. Well, I know that we are making the most of it. But I do know that people are getting stir crazy. Even Jeff yesterday said to me, he's like, listen, I have a job. I have a wife, I have, you know, um, a roof over my head. Like I we're in good shape and I'm losing my mind. Right. Yeah. It's, it's starting to get to us and I have it good. So I'm just, is it both of of you, you and Laura, Laura before me, I think even she's like tends to run with a little higher anxiety than I do. Um, but she's staying in the house. You're actually coming to the office because you have your own quarantined section. I can social distance and do my job. Um, yeah, you're actually getting think... out and doing stuff. So it's like... Exactly. We're going to have to give you more work, Jeff. Because <laughs> I just, you know, I, I'm going a little stir crazy on my Saturdays, but I'm too busy to think of anything else the rest of the week. So, yeah, like, I feel enough. like feel like your plate might not be as full as, you, uh, <laughs> as you've been saying it is. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Fair <laughs> well, I do want to say to all of our listeners who are in that situation, who might be, you know, in a one bedroom somewhere, feeling a little anxious, we are here for you and we love you. And that's why Marie's doing the show. So just know that we're going to get through it. We're better together. And um, we, we get it and we see you. And our guest today is really going to help with that. Yeah, I'm actually really, really excited to introduce you guys to Judy Johnson. So Judy and I got connected through my cousin um, and her friend, gosh, back when my mom was diagnosed with her tumor in September, and she was an incredible guide for me through this journey. Um, All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do, snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. And helped me in, in some very tough moments 
Um, and she's just kind of like a Renaissance coach. I feel like, like she knows and does so much. She's got degrees in education and psychology. She pursued certifications in intuitive coaching, motivational interviewing, mediumship, past life meditation, her teaching background and years of experience as an executive function coach. We're going to find out what that is. Cause I don't know if you guys all know what that means. Um, she has blended all of these things, Reiki, et cetera, together perfectly to, um, to have really well-rounded sessions with her clients. So let me introduce you to the Indigo, Indigo. Yes. Indigo coach. I like that. Okay. Judy Johnson. How are you? Hello, Maria. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You um, host all of my favorite people, so I'm so honored to be here today. Thank you. Who have your favorites been? Oh, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, um, Joe Dispenza, love Gabrielle Bernstein, Mm -hmm. and I just fell in love with uh, Rosa Rose Theodora yesterday. Isn't she great? She is. She is. I really love her. I'm holding my crystals right now, by the way. Someone sent me this. Actually, Susie Batiste, one of our other amazing um, women who was on the show, um, sent me this. And I love it. And like the last two days, I've just been holding on to it. I feel like it gives me like an energetic power. Yeah, I feel feel good with it. Nice, nice. So let's start with what an executive function coach is, because... That was the first time I heard of it was when we connected and I want to make sure um, we're bringing all of this new stuff to our audience. Sure, sure. So an executive function coach is someone who um, who understands how the brain works, the, the, the prefrontal cortex. So uh, the skills up there are time management, organization, prioritizing, goal setting, Um, all sorts of things that you need, like it's called the conductor of the brain. So all the parts of your brain have to be working in order for you to access your frontal lobe, which is your executive, where your executive functions are housed. Wait, so does that mean if we're not prioritizing properly, it's because the rest of our brain is screwed up? (laughs) Exactly. It's not your fault. It's your brain. (laughs) So yeah, totally not your fault. And that's what I get to do as a coach is I get to help kids and adults. I work with everybody, uh, figure out what's going on in their brain, uh, figure out how to utilize um, cooling your amygdala so that you can access your frontal lobe and make really good decisions. Okay. Give me some examples of this. Okay. So a lot of times, um, kid, well, I'll, Yeah, I'll start with kids first. So a lot of times kids will um, come to me and they will be overwhelmed by school. They won't know what to do. They um, won't know where to start. And so they get really overwhelmed. So what I can do is help them understand what is going on in their brain, why they're so overwhelmed, which is, again, the amygdala, which um, Dan Siegel calls this the, um, the baby gate of the mind. So the baby gate of the mind gets kind of slammed shut which means you're not accessing your frontal lobe. You're downstairs in your reactive brain. So some people, you know that reactive brain where you do fight, flight, or freeze? Yeah. Well, a lot of kids will freeze at that moment. And instead of just making a plan and going through, they will avoid, they will do anything else except for execute. 
So if you can, if I can help them understand what's going on in their brain, then I can actually help them with um, accessing their frontal lobe, making a plan, cooling that amygdala so that they can get to their frontal lobe. So I feel like I speak for all of us here, at least. Um, I I know for one, I have um, I have issues where I get really overwhelmed and then I come unglued and now I'm reacting and I am not able to access my frontal lobe as now you're putting it that way. I can understand it and it makes sense. So how do you coach someone through that? What would I need to do? What do I need to know? Okay. So my favorite activity is to do something called SIP. Dan Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson coined this phrase in the whole brain child, and it's really amazing. So what you have to do is sift through what's going on inside your body, inside your mind, so that you can actually figure it out and then uh, take steps to help yourself. So um, if you start with an S for sift is senses. You want to figure out, just try to go inside and what's going on when you're feeling anxious. So a lot of people, they'll feel like queasy in their stomach, their heart will race, they'll have maybe um, a headache or tightness in their throat. So there's a lot of sensations going on that are making people uncomfortable. And when they're uncomfortable, they're not making good decisions and they, and I, and they can react out of that. The next thing is I for images. So when we have, when you think about, um, sometimes you just have these images coming forth that um, are kind of scaring you. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about, let's say, pandemic images, you can think about yourself on a ventilator. You can think about your Murder hornets. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You can imagine yourself swarmed with murder (laughs) hornets or something like that. And, uh, and, And so again, those images are coming through your head. Um... S-I-F. F is feelings. So what kind of feelings are you having? So a anger. lot of times if you anger, you could be very angry. That's a, that's a big one, right? So if you are angry, you're going to tap into, well, why, you know, why am I angry? What are the T thoughts behind your anger? It's usually like so fear, right? It's usually fear. Yeah. It usually boils down to fear. You're so good at this. So <laughs> So we have um, our feelings and that's the story you're telling behind the situation. So if you are talking about murder hornets, you might be, um, your story might be, I can't believe we have to deal with another damn thing. This is crazy. Um, You know, it's not enough that we're faced with a pandemic. Now we have to have um, murder hornets. And then so, or whatever else story you might be telling yourself and then or how am I going to protect myself from them and my loved yeah, ones exactly 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 so that's s-i-f-t now I've added one more category because I find it's really helpful and that's a for actions what is your body doing so a lot of us we don't even realize it but we might be clenching our fists mm-hmm. we might start pacing we might start like shallow breathing and starting to go. Um, you might do, you might be clenching your jaw, mm-hmm. right? So these are a little different than sensations because those are like the inner workings. These are like muscle reactions of what you're doing, but you're probably unconscious of. So once you kind of go through your, I call it SIFTA, once you SIFTA, what's going on inside of you, um, then you start to unravel this. 
okay, so now that I'm aware, I'm conscious of what's going on, what can I do about it? Well, you can start to think about those images. Well, if I'm picturing myself covered in murder hornets, how can I fix that? How can I help myself through that image? Well, I can picture myself safely inside with my doors and windows closed. I can, um, you can be silly. You can actually put up like this, you know, invisible net around you that makes you feel safe if you have to walk to the car. You know, there's so many different ways that you can play with your mental images so that um, they're not so scary. So you just want to knock down your images so that they, you take the fear away. And so and then, once you do that, are you able to access your prefrontal cortex? You, well, it depends which, like if one of those is activating, is really um, shooting off the amygdala, then you will be able to. I like to work a lot with working with our thoughts. So what thoughts are um, harming you and feeling unhealthy? Well, let's change those. Let's change those thoughts to something helpful. So perhaps it could be, I look, instead of, um, you know, if we're still talking about murder hornets, um, your thoughts could be, you know what, the chances that I see a murder hornet are like very slim. They're not even in the area. So you can kind of calm mm -hmm. yourself down with those thoughts. That's what I finally got myself to because I, I did go through um, a couple of days of just, you know, real terror with the murder hornets. Um, and I had to get myself to that place where I'm like, I'm not going to see one of these things. It's just not going to happen. This is not something that's going to be this massive issue where we're all going to like die by murder hornets. And this thing that I've built up, this story I've built up in my head does not exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, with summer upon us, friends, hair is going to be even more important. Yes, we've got humidity, we've got sun, we've got all kinds of things. And sometimes it's hard to find the right shampoo for your hair. Everyone's hair is so different. And there's no one-size-fits-all solution. That's why I love Way. They have different shampoos depending on your hair type. Want volume? Fine hair and conditioner will give you that extra oomph you need. If you need some moisture and a little extra bounce, find your happy medium with medium shampoo and conditioner. And for my peeps with thick hair like me, give your hair the hydration it deserves with thick hair shampoo and conditioner. Plus, you guys already know Way carries some of my favorite hair care products I use all the time, whether it's the leave-in conditioner, which is my go-to, or the hair oil. They give my hair this hydrating refresh all summer long. Wash your way to healthier hair. <laughs> See what I did there? With shampoos and conditioners made just for you. Go to the way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Use the code Squad for 15% off your entire purchase. That's theway.com, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Use the code Squad. Your hair deserves it. So I had to because, you know, exactly. a, a lot yeah. of, if you if you really look at the things that we're so afraid of, right, I think we revert to childhood and we revert to that little, little Maria, let's say that was terrified of bees and mosquitoes. And I'm carrying that into my adult life and my adult life. I should know better that I can do things to protect myself um, and defend myself. Whereas when you're little, you're so scared, you feel defenseless and vulnerable. So, so one of the things that um, Peter Crone, who's been on the show is amazing, taught me is like, you got to now separate little Maria from big Maria. You've got to be like, mm. okay, that's little Maria who's scared, who couldn't help herself back then. But this is big Maria. It's a whole different time. It doesn't even make sense anymore to connect the two. So I have done that work and I am aware of that now in my, my psyche. So I'm able to separate, um, nice. which is great. 
but it did it did grab hold of me for a couple of days. I'm not gonna lie. The murder hornets really had a hold on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it I think it freaked us all out, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, but I wanna finish one more thing because I think it's really helpful. Yeah. If you if you get into the A in those actions, a lot of us are sitting there and we're doing our shallow breathing. I know that's my big thing. If I'm shallow breathing, I know that something's wrong with me and I have to like check in with myself. Um And if I start to notice my actions, my shallow breathing, I can do something about it. I can start deep breathing. And I can, as I deep breathe, it starts to calm your, it sends signals to the brain that everything's calm and fine and um, and you're gonna be all right. And that's, again, you start to open that baby gate up and access your prefrontal cortex. So So if you're having that anxiety, like last night I woke up at three in the morning and I felt like I had a Mack truck sitting on my chest. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this, this doesn't feel good. And so I started to try to shift by thinking of good feeling thoughts. And nice. I started thinking of, um, butterflies and then mm-hmm. how beautiful they were. And then I, I, I have my, like my little play in my head now it's butterflies and birds and squirrels and the bunny in my yard that I always see once in a while. And, um, you know, my dog's faces. And then I, I shift out by seeing things that bring me so much joy. And then I was able to fall asleep again. And then I woke up at six 30 and the same thing was happening. And then I did the same process, but is that how you're explaining it with actions? Absolutely. So you first seemed to sort what was going on inside of you. You did it naturally. You started thinking, you know, going into your feelings and your, and your thoughts, and then you shifted your focus. And so instead of focusing on what was um, not working for you, you focused on all the wonderful things in your life. So you're just shifting your focus. So you're doing this naturally. Yeah, I think, and that's what thoughts is, right? At the end of SIFT. Yes, thoughts. Exactly. You have to shift those thoughts to something that is helpful. Is it true? Are these, you know, what's the likelihood of this happening? You know, is there something I can be doing about this? So um, it's a very powerful exercise. And I found that um, the clients that I do it with really like it. Even like 16 year old boys will do this exercise and they um, become aware of what's going on inside them. And they really like it. I do it a lot for test anxiety. For test anxiety. Ah. Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, because a lot of kids feel test anxiety. And when you feel test anxiety, you can't access your frontal lobe to get those answers out on the paper. Um, So if you start to notice what's going on inside of you, this is called mindsight. Again, a, a Dan Siegel term, knowing what's going on inside your mind and your body, um, cause it's all connected. And then once you are aware of that mindset and what's going on, then you can take action. So then you can say, well, you know what? I studied for this, so I should be fine. You know, it's, I know the answers to the test. You can start, you notice the, the palpitating heart and then mm-hmm. you can start calming your breath. You can even go for, um, a little walk so that like, if, if it's really bad, you can go ask to use the bathroom and, you know, just moving reset can actually help you access your frontal lobe. Yeah. I find that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's greatly under, uh, underused. People don't realize such the, uh, the value of exercise. Yeah. Well, I learned that at Tony Robbins, he said motion equals emotion. And so, mm-hmm. um, I had a really nasty headache over the weekend 
and I barely could walk. And my husband's like, let's go for a walk. You're going to feel better. And I'm like, I can't even imagine. But at the same time, I love being in nature and I love going for a walk. So I pushed myself. Yeah. And at some point, I mean, I did take some Tylenol too. <laughs> um, it did help. So, you know, I think you got to like move the kinks out. It's like always when I was growing up too, you know, um, and even throughout my career, if I was sick in the morning, I still went to school um, because I knew or I went to work. By the way, that's not a popular thing to say anymore, obviously. But I would yeah. go because I knew if I stayed in that state, I would feel worse and worse and worse. But if I pushed myself to get up and take a shower, I would feel better. So a lot of times I wasn't even really sick um, once I got up and started kind of moving my body around. Yeah, you unlock the kinks. Absolutely. I know. Um, I take, um, I hike all the time now and being stuck inside, I cannot get over. Like I, I have the perfect schedule right now. I work in the morning and I get to see my family in the afternoon. We always go for a nice long hike and being stuck inside. I notice when I get, when I start walking around, my fists are like this. Uh-huh. I don't notice it uh-huh. until all of a sudden I start to feel them uncurl. And then they slowly uncurl. And I just understand that that's like my, my release for the day. And I had no idea how valuable it was. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk about the before and after, you know, what's it going to be like after? Well, um, being outside and getting exercise on a daily basis is definitely, definitely going to be one of my after, you know, um, after reactions from, from this whole pandemic. Yeah. You talk a lot about feeling-based coaching. So Mm -hmm. can you explain that? Absolutely. So often when people coach, they they come from a very logic place. Now, logic is the left side of the brain. Um, You know, if let's let's say you were going to talk about um, doing your taxes. So um, if if, because I work with adults too, so I can talk to them and say, all right, so um, you should do your taxes beforehand so that you, um, you get them in and you don't have to worry about it. Now that has a certain feeling to it. There's a lot of very logical, um, a, a logic about it and, you know, it, it makes sense. But, um, instead of using any kind of shoulds or anything, I start with the feelings. So we always begin with the end in mind. So if I'm talking to somebody and I say, okay, so if taxes are due April 15th, how do you want to feel April 14th in terms mm. of taxes? And the answer comes right out. They're like, oh, well, I want to feel like it's all done and ready to go. Or I want to feel like it's all done and sent. So I don't even have to be doing it. Then I say, all right. So now if you want to feel like that on April 14th, how do you want to, like, how do you want to align your actions so that you can make that feeling happen on the 14th? A lot of the people I work with have never filed filed for taxes on time or, you know, or it's this big bucket of stress and Mm -hmm. they know, you know, they just keep doing it over and over. They don't really realize that there's another way to, you know, there's another way to do things. So without shooting them, without could like guilting them into it, I have them realize that there's another way of doing it by accessing again, the brain, another side. So now we're tapping into their feelings and then crossing the side to the left side of the brain and applying logic to it. So if you want to feel that way on April 14th, what are your actions going to look like to make that happen? 
people love it because they don't feel guilt. They feel inspired. I think that's great. I want to feel that way on April 15th or 14th. And then, um, and, and then they, they, they're way more likely to actually follow through and, and, um, actually learn from it. Can I open with a question on that? Absolutely. What's interesting to me is it seems like, it seems like most people by nature would operate that way. I mean, I know I'm guilty of it where like, of course I should try to shape my life around the way that I'm feeling, but what is getting in the way for people that prevents them from setting up their lives in a way that would make them feel good? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Thank you for asking that. So people really start, people react and make decisions based on how they feel, how they want to feel or how they're feeling at that moment. So what happens is people, let's say it's um, March and people are like, well, you know what? I don't feel like doing taxes. That's a really As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Boring kind of thing. So they're not anticipating how they want to feel in the future. They're in the now moment. The, The limbic system, which is in charge of making quick decision, that's the back part of your brain. So that's in charge of making quick decisions. And it usually makes decisions based on how you want to feel now. So what I try to do is connect people to how they want to feel later and, and then backtrack. Because if you're going on automatic pilot, which let's, let's face it, 95% of us are, you're just going to act how you feel in that moment. And then you're making decisions that you will, you potentially could regret later on. So cool. I think it's, um, it's obvious you work with kids and you've, you've got a lot of experience with that because, you know, you, your level of patience, (laughs) I was like, how would you like to feel? I, I know you were coaching me through, um, even working with my mom and, you know, the, the cognitive issues that we're dealing with. And you talked about, um, emotional flooding, was it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Emotional flooding is when you have a lot of activity over on your right side of your brain. So what happens is people will um, get really sad or really frustrated or, or really something. And all your activity, all your brain activity goes over to your right side of the brain because that's where the emotions are housed. And you're, um, it's very nonlinear and it's very uh, non-logical. So when you're flooded... Um, whether it's an adult, a kid, or, um, or, or a parent, um, that's where your brain is. Now, a lot of us come narrowing right in, and we start hitting them with logic. 
So if they are, let's say, sad over, um, let me think, they could be sad. Let's see, what would be something that your mom might be sad over? Could we use her as an example? Um, flooded yeah. over? Um, us telling her what to do. Okay, perfect. So she is frustrated. She's sad. She's, she's like, I don't, you know, I don't want you to tell me what to do. So, but she's all over here in her right side of her brain. And what we do is we come in with our logic. We say, well, you know, this is better for you. This, if you, if you take these actions, it'll be better for your health in the long run. And that's what we really need to do. Well, that makes sense. And that's, that's what we default to. But what happens is she's not over here on the left side of the brain where the logic is. She's over here on the right side of the brain. So I call it like logic proof glass. It's just boink, just hitting right off of her. It's totally not, Mm -hmm. um, it's not sinking in. So what you need to do is meet her where she is. If she's on her right side of the brain, you have to come in with your right side of the brain. Now, how do you do that? You sit there and you use your nonverbal language. So that means you soften your voice, you look friendly, you lean in, you might rub her back, depending upon what she likes. Um, so that's your nonverbal language. You, you know, you soften your voice, you say, wow, you know what, mom, it looks like you're really frustrated. I know that's what you really want to do right now. I get it. Ugh, I want to lay on the couch all day too. I'm really tired. So now her feelings feel, she feels felt. She starts to feel understood. And then you can, you can, you have to watch for the reaction. You can see like a softening. I call it like you get me eyes. All of a sudden they're like, oh, you get me. So you, you, you can see it in the eyes. You can see it in their posture from like rigid up shoulders. You might see them soften. If they're sobbing, you might see the big breath and then the release. And so you wait for those reactions. And that's probably the hardest part is actually waiting because we always want to rush right in with the logic. Yep. But you have to start with feeling their feelings and accepting their feelings. You don't have to agree with them. That's the other thing. You don't necessarily, you're not agreeing with them. You're just understanding where they're coming from. Then you wait. And sometimes it takes a long time. And then you come in with your logic and you start helping them make a plan or help them figure out something that they want to do that um, that's acceptable and, and still good for you. Yeah, I think that was um, a really important lesson because what's happening is, you know, for example, with my mom, she will get up without help and then she'll fall. Mm. And um, we're terrified of her breaking something and having to go to the hospital. And obviously she's immune compromised. And this is a critical time to have an injury like that. You don't want an injury ever, but you really don't want one now. And so, you know, we'll say, mom, you've got to ask us for help. And if we're in the bathroom or whatever. It's usually like when we have to go to the bathroom, she just doesn't have patience. We'll say, hold on, uh, I'll be there in a second. And then she'll get up and she'll fall. And so she's frustrated. And then we meet her with our frustration because we're like, Mm -hmm. you've got to listen. And she's so mad that she has to listen to us, right? Because now she's reverted to her her childhood where she was a lefty and that was embarrassing in, in, you know, her home back in then those times. in those yeah. times. And they would hit her left hand and say, use your right hand. Ooh. And so she was always told what to do. 
And then also being, you know, a Greek woman in that culture, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. And so I think Mm -hmm. that in all of this, she has rebelled and is just like, like that, my cousin said, she's like, the light switches off. There are certain things that like light switches that went off for her that went off. She doesn't want to listen to anybody. She doesn't want to hear it, but we're thinking about her safety and her well-being. And it's so frustrating for us because I'm like, well, what are we going to do? I lock her, like tie her up. And I mean, I seatbelted her to the couch at one point. Oh my God. Because <laughs> she must have loved that. <laughs> she was good with it. But I was like, Mom, I don't know what else to do. Like, yeah. you keep falling. Your whole body's bruised. Like, what are we going to yeah. do? You don't listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can't be scotch taped to you. We have to go to the bathroom. We have to do things. Yep. And so, um, and so she. Um, I think that's what happened with her. She's, she's, but now it's like, we are trying to implement what you said and it's not easy. Um, no, because it is not easy. It, you know, when you are the caretaker and you know, me and my dad are the caretakers and whatever, it's like, you are already up to here with having mm-hmm. to do everything and your morning while you're doing everything. It's really a, a difficult process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard to have that level of patience, but then I try to channel you. <laughs> ah! I try to channel you, <laughs> and um, and it's it's gotten a little bit better. So I um, hear that a lot. What would Judy do? Yeah, because <laughs> I do a lot of parent coaching. So you're the first person I worked with in the opposite, which you're kind of parenting your parent. Yeah, but I work with a lot of parents because I find it so empowering if you can help parents figure out how to work with their kids and how to access these skills. Um, because every time you accept their feelings, you're just helping them integrate their own brains, which is really what, um, where we want to go with this. We want to be calm. We want calmer kids. Um, and we want a fully integrated brain. That is actually the secret to well-being: is having a, all the sides of your brain working together. Yeah. How do we fully integrate our brains? Like, what is this process? Like, I don't want to be Brene Brown when she was talking in her TED talk and she was like, I don't need to do all the deep work shit. I just, just fix this for me. So Judy, (laughs) to be Brene Brown for a minute, how do we integrate our brain? I don't need all the other shit. How do I integrate my brain so I can be done with that and check it off the list? (laughs) Check. (laughs) Yeah. Well, honestly, it's just what we're talking about. Just really getting in there, noticing. So um, what I often tell parents is when they do have, we call this a downstairs moment. So this is again, a Dan Siegel. I love, love, love his stuff. We got to look in a Dan Siegel, Jeff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the downstairs brain is that reactive brain. So some people parent from their downstairs brain. So they come hauling in when something's happened and they're in a reactive way. You know, they're, they're, their metaphorical claws are out and they are reacting as opposed to responding. So the first thing you have to do is literally just notice it. Huh, that was a downstairs moment, wasn't it? All right. And then you literally have to forgive yourself because we are all human and we are supposed to have these moments. Um, what we want to do is have them either less frequently mm-hmm. or um, If you do have a moment, you want to be able to come back. And I always call it either make amends or make it better. So if you have a downstairs moment with someone, um, and let's say you yell at someone, mom, I told you to sit down above, whatever it is, you get really upset. Um, and then you notice it and then you calm yourself down. So, cause you can't go, you can't 
you can't apologize while you're still in a downstairs moment because yeah. it, it sounds like I'm sorry for doing that and yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. really come out very nicely um, so you want to calm yourself down and then you make amends so if it was a yell you can say something like wow you know what I really um, I flipped my lid I really didn't mean to um, to yell at you I'm sorry or if you did something else you just have to try to make it right and um, and that's the part that's that's the, the more you do that it's like a muscle it builds and you get better and better. And um, just imagine if, if we were all you using fully integrated brains, how, um, what would happen to the planet? Yeah, why do we go downstairs? Like, so like, let's have an example, right? I had an example in my head. If I had kids, a downstairs moment would be, imagine they took paint and just swooshed it around a nice room and just ruined everything, furniture, uh-huh. whatever. I think I would have a downstairs moment. Um, if Uh I saw something like that. So Uh why do we go downstairs and how would you not go downstairs in a moment like that? Okay. Great question. So this is evolutionary. So we, this, the, um, the downstairs brain, the limbic system is the ancient part of your brain. Now, the reason we have survived as human beings is because of this downstairs brain. It's fully developed at birth. And, um, The reason it is important is because when we were a caveman and we um, saw a tiger, we had to react quickly. So we had to have that amygdala slam shut so we couldn't think, gee, there's a tiger. Huh, I wonder what I should do about it. No, you just run. You, You flee, you fight, whatever you need to do, your reactions have to be immediate. Now, what has happened is we are, uh, we've evolved. We're, we're not looking at tigers on a daily basis, but um, our brains have not really quite caught up. So we're still having these downstairs moments when it ha- pertains to red paint all over the uh, all over the furniture. But the more we work with our brains, the the more we and the more we work to integrate and allow all allow those feelings, allow them to pass through them, like a Brené Brown would just say. And then, um, and then that's the way, the pathway to integration. Wow. A lot of work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. That's why I have a job. I know. I know. I wonder, um, we're so much time. Um, we're running out of time actually is what I, I'm trying to say. One of the things we talked about, well, I think it was like a week ago was, um, was how this quarantine is, is, and can be happening for us and, and the, the whole idea of self-love. And Mm -hmm. I I want, I don't want to end this show without talking about self-love and, and how we can um, work towards it more and more. Yeah. Yeah. So self-love is, I think the root of everything. So a lot of us are um, manifesting for this pandemic to just be over. Um, all right, let's, let's have it be over so um, I can get back to my life and, and everything can be groovy. Um, but really, um, what I was getting, because you, um, I'm intuitive too, so I, I kind of, I get, I get more messages, is that the, the quickest route is, and the most efficient route is to work on your self-love. So if you start by loving yourself, now I'm talking about um, all of you, not just the pretty parts, the, you know, the good, bad, and the indifferent. 
then you're going to start to raise your vibration. You're going to feel better. You're going to react better. So if you like, even you, even you look better in the, in the mirror. So, um, you know, I've been working on this a long time and I remember every time I look in the mirror, I'd like, I'd be like, Oh, look at these like bags and Oh, my chin. And, you know, you start just picking out your paws. Um, and if you practice self-love, which means just loving every part of you because you're, you know, you're, you're human, right? So you, everybody has flaws. Then believe it or not, when you look in the mirror, you stop noticing all those flaws. You look better. So now through the practice of self-love, and it was hard, Maria, I can tell you, I was on the floor a number of years ago. Um, there was no self-love there. Um, but practicing self-love little by little, uh, now I can look in the mirror and I see all of me, you know, good, bad, and different. I just, um, I'm, I'm okay with it. So now when you start looking in the mirror and you're, you feel okay, you feel good about yourself, even, and you don't feel like you have to be perfect, then you can look around at your neighbors and you look at them with different eyes because uh, now you don't feel like they need to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Why do they need to be perfect? Yeah. You start looking into understanding yourself, right? So if you're reacting, responding in one way, you kind of look in and start to try to understand yourself. And with self-understanding, then you can look at your neighbor and start to understand them. And the more you start to love yourself and understand yourself and love everyone else and accept them for their imperfections. And um, then basically the, we all get lifted up. Our vibration gets higher. And that is the fastest path to getting out of this pandemic, to, to moving beyond this pandemic is raising the vibration of the planet. I'm really into the collective conscious. I even do a meditation on Tuesday nights just to raise the vibration of the collective because it's so powerful. So one of the things that I just remembered that I really, really loved and wanted to make sure that our audience got, um, because I, I have worked on, you know, the Esther Hicks and the Wayne Dyers and all of that in terms of like staying connected you know, and being in alignment and manifesting and shifting, <clears throat> like those are, those are kind of my bigger themes, right? That I've worked on. But something you said a week ago, it was like, <clears throat> excuse me, it was something like everything you do throughout the day, you're asking yourself mm. one very important question. And then as you as you built that, like I've built these other muscles. I was like, I need to build this muscle. Talk about that. Yes. yes. I love it. Okay. So if you spend the day thinking about, now you are at the point where you are not feeling self-love. And so just saying, Hey, love yourself more is too difficult. You can start by asking yourself, what would someone do who loved themselves? And you start by asking that question. So you get up in the morning. What would some What would somebody do who loves themselves? Well, um, I guess I would have a healthy breakfast. All right. And then you start making that choice. What would? And then you finish your breakfast. What would somebody do who loves themselves? Well, I would go do yoga. Absolutely. And then you get on the yoga path. And then you continue throughout the day. And as you, you know, then and then you get into um, a room with a colleague. And they are nasty to you 
and you ask yourself, what would somebody do who loved themselves? Well, they wouldn't put up with that, would they? They would actually put up their boundaries. They would speak to them and they would tell them that, nope, this is, this isn't, this is not working for me. Um, I, you know, this is not how I'm ready and want to be treated. So if you continue to ask yourself that, then you're going to make decisions differently than just keeping, you know, if you just go on without thinking, um, going on blindly, you just keep thinking. So it's a very powerful exercise. And one that is, I, we didn't actually talk about, but I find really powerful, but it's really goofy. Can I share that with you? Yeah. So uh, my friend Courtney Champagne loves these uh, cartoon hearts. And when she would get in um, a fight with somebody, she would, or an argument, or she'd have negative feelings, she'd, she'd send her cartoon hearts over to that person. And she would instantly feel better. And I loved that idea. So I tried it. And I'm like, I can't do it. I don't want to send them my hearts. So instead, I sur- started surrounding myself with my cartoon hearts. And I instantly felt better. Now I'm an, I'm an energy worker. I'm an intuitive. So like that, I can feel the energy of that. So you, if you try it, you might not feel it immediately, but if you continue to try it, you're just setting the intention of surrounding yourself with love. And if you create that mental imagery of those little cartoon hearts or whatever works for you, um, it's a really powerful experience and it's, it's actually really shifted my life. Okay. So what if you sent a squirrel to bite somebody in the balls, would that hurt them? I'm just kidding. Um, I, of course my head goes to the stupidest place, but you know, what's funny, Judy is I did that. And I talked about it on the show. I think it was like a year or two ago, Kevin, and I got in this fight and I was so angry and I was in my office and he was in his office. And I was like, okay, Maria, you got to put your, your training to use here. Like you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta rise above. Cause he's not going to right. And so yeah. I did the hearts thing. I hadn't heard it anywhere. I just did it my on my own. And naturally, mm. I started seeing hearts flooding out of mine and into his, in his seat, in his office, I envisioned him in. And I just kept sending him all of this, this love in these hearts. And oh. I've told the story before, but he literally got up, came into my office, hugged me, didn't say a word. And then that was it. We didn't even have he to say anything. It. it was the most profound experience. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This thing worked. And so I do it often. Um, you know, I was really mad at my mom one day because of everything. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I like center hearts and the whole thing. And it it like calmed her down in it. Of course it calms me down because energy is so real. And so I love that, but I will say back to the, the question, what would someone do that loves themselves? I think that is one of the most powerful things that we could be doing every single day. And the biggest takeaway I think we've had on this show in a really long time, because if I was thinking that way yesterday in a, in a rough moment, I would not have eaten that bag of Tostitos because (laughs) that is not doing good for my body. Right. If, Mm -hmm. if we are thinking that in that moment, when you do have a toxic relationship, you would say, you know, this, what you're saying to me does not feel good right now. And it's not coming from a good place. And you're just intentionally trying to hurt me. Like you would, you would have the power back in your life yes. because we give I our power. Myself. Yeah. I love myself too much to let you treat me this way. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, and so this was kind of a big aha moment when we were talking the other day and something I really wanted to share with everybody, but I also needed to remember it right now. And I want to like tattoo it on my body. Um, (laughs) but I'm going to, I'm going to like, I don't know, create a little couple labels and I'm going to put it on my wrist. Like I used to have, um, initials. This is so funny, but back when I was being tortured, um, or dealing with tough experiences, I had some initials in here and it was, what would blank do? And it was a person that I had in mind because Mm -hmm. this person was very, um, you know, just really cool at handling things. And, um, I'm going to now kind of carve this into my arm until it becomes second nature. And I'm going to hang up signs in my house. What would someone do in this moment that loves themselves? I just think that that is so huge. And I know it changed your life profoundly. Yes. Yes. The funny part is Maria is I actually had a vision of you having this as a tattoo on your forearm. As soon as you said that book, like before you mentioned where I was like, yep. Exactly. And I saw it on your left forearm, just like you indicated. I love it. So funny. Yeah. So we need to make tattoos. I mean, I think some kind of temporary situation would be great because once I conquer that, Mm -hmm. um, then it's going to be on to the next thing. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I do wonder if we want somebody to be in pink, can we send them like a little squirrel to bite them in the balls? I'm just kidding. Steven, watch out. Next time you piss me off, I'm not sending you hearts. I'm going to send you a squirrel to nip at you. Just don't train murder hornets. <laughs> Ooh. No, that's just too evil. You have a murder hornet nest in the backyard that you're just kind of tending to. Guys, anyway, of course I have to like crack the craziest jokes. But um, but Judy, this was such an amazing conversation and I've learned so much. Jeff, Steven, any last thoughts? The only thing I'd love is when we were talking on our pre-Judy, my like, aha, I'm tattooing this on my arm moment was the vomit journal idea that you shared. And I think that's a great, we love daily practices for our audience. And I love what you shared with me. I love it. Yes, I will. um, I'll share it with you. So I started this practice when I was actually seeing a therapist and she's like, you know, Judy, you just have to write stuff down. Just like, let it all, let it all out. I said, all right. So I kind of set it down. She said it. And I said, you know, I'm going to call this a vomit journal just because I like I can see everything just coming right out of me. And so um, the first thing you want to talk about is and you can write it down. This is really good right before bed. If you're one of those people who tends to be up late at night and you can't fall asleep. So you want to sit down and think about what is that like pervasive thought that you cannot get out of your head and you just write that down. And the next thing you write down is, well, why is this a problem? And you just want to let it all come out. You can actually visualize everything coming out of your body. And, um, and then you want to talk about, well, is this true right now? And most likely, if it's a worry, it's not true right now. So you can, you can actually you know, have that um, as a thought that, nope, it's not true right now. What can I do about it? So no, this is an action step, which I really love because I'm action girl. I'm an action girl, right? You want to actually be able to do something about it. And then the last thing is you want to end on an uplifting thought. Where is the blessing in this? So you can talk about this as maybe like we talked about parenting. So maybe this is, um, um, oh, you know what? Let's do the pandemic. So, cause everybody is pretty much nervous about this pandemic. So I can't get this thought in my mind would be, oh my God, I'm afraid I'm going to get sick or somebody in my family is going to get sick. 
And um, so you write that down. Why is this the problem? Well, I'm worried that, you know, we might, there might, somebody might die or somebody, um, but then we're going to have to go to the hospital or all these things could happen. So the next part would be, well, is it true now? No, it's not true. Nobody's sick. So we're okay. And then you write that down. Um, and the next thing is, what can I do about it? Well, I guess I can, you know, wash our, we can wash our hands. We can um, disinfect our groceries, do, do the doorknobs, you know, anything that you can possibly do and stay six feet away from each other, wear a mask, all those things that you can actually actively do. And then you find the grace in things and end on an uplifting thought. So, you know, at this time at home has helped us, you know, we can see our family. I'm um, developing, I'm getting creative. Like all of a sudden I'm being able, I'm able to paint. I'm able to do things that I've never been able to do. And so there's the, there's the grace. And I also am able to, um, we're doing the best we can. We're, we are disinfecting, we're taking precautious steps and that's all we can ask for now. And it kind of organizes your mind. So first of all, um, one of the things, we're going to go back to brain talk. I hope this is okay. What happens when you have those pervasive thoughts is they're, you're, you're attaching, like you're, you're having these feelings on the right brain um, that are making you uneasy. And these thoughts are running around on your left brain. When you do this journal activity, you integrate the brain. You mm. have, you organize your thoughts you um, put them down in an orderly fashion, and then you bring in your right brain emotions and your left brain thoughts, and you end on that uplifting note. So, and I have, um, I have a vomit journal. Um, if anybody wants to do this exercise, I have one on uh, my Instagram page and on my website, the Indigo Coach. And so you can download it and, and do that whenever you like. It's really, really helpful. I love it. Judy, this was so amazing um so much fun uh if you guys want to find more like she said you can go to www. the the indigo coach i can't talk today the indigo coach.com and then on instagram it's the underscore indigo underscore coach and we will put that um in the summary so that you guys can find it um thank you so much Oh, Maria, this has been wonderful. You are so much fun to talk with. And I love your curiosity and your fascination with life and getting better. So thank you for all you do for everyone and, um, and talking with me. Thank you so much. Well, we're better together, Judy. What's one thing we are. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Sorry, guys. We're like very, very over time at this point. Um, that was amazing. I um, I think, Stephen, were you able to hear that last part about uh, what would someone do that loves themselves? I was. Did you like that? It's kind of cool. I should probably ask myself that more often. Huh? I think so, too. I, I think all of us need it. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't I don't really know anybody that doesn't need it. Kevin is going to want to tattoo this on his body too. You know, it's like, like imagine you're running red, you're working hard, whatever. And you're just like, if I just had 10 minutes to lie down, but then you're like, no, I can't. But you know that you need that and you'll be better if you do that. Right. So I think asking yourself these questions, this question is so important because you know, the answer and you know, the world will go round if you take, 10 minutes or five minutes to just 
shift yourself or or take a mental break so that you can be stronger later um, or eat something better or wake up a little earlier to get some exercise and and feel better you know whatever it is um, I really just love that so I'm gonna literally print it out write it everywhere and and start making it my everyday habit and you know we've talked about on the show all the things that we've implemented along the way um, before and I've implemented so many things into my life that this show has taught me and I'm so grateful for every one of those lessons this is a big 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 one guys this is major would somebody who loves themselves do that right that's the just what what would someone do that loves themselves so in less of moment. a stopgap and more of like a every moment. Yeah, it's like, you know, whatever you're about to do. Like, what would someone do that loves themselves? Oh, well, I would eat a really healthy meal. Or, you know what? I'm really, really exhausted. I'm going to take a power nap. Or I I'm, I need help. I'm, I'm going to ask for help because I need help. Because I, I heard this once before where it was, if you're about to do something, think... Would somebody who loves themselves do this? That too. And that's kind of like to stop you from making, like if you're out at the grocery store and you're going to buy like a big bag of nuclear bombs, you know, yeah. Doritos. And you're like, wait, mm. would somebody who loves themselves do this? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see the other way of using it because I hadn't heard it this way. I think you can do both. I think you can do both. In the meantime, thank you guys for being with us. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. If you did, share it with a friend. Share it on social media. Comment, subscribe, like, do the whole thing. Um, the Beverly Hills Dog Show presented by Purina is this Sunday. So set your DVRs. You're going to get to see me and Winnie and all the great doggies. Um, this was filmed way before quarantine. So um, we will get to enjoy that this Sunday. Um, and then tomorrow, Jeff, who do we have on deck tomorrow? Jamie Lynn Spears. Interesting. Jamie Lynn Spears. She's got, um, a new show coming up, right? Yeah. A new show called Sweet Magnolias. It drops on Netflix Friday. So, uh, we're getting it right in time. It's going to be great. Not only is it dropping on Netflix, but we are doing the official after show for it here at AfterBuzz TV, where we're working with the showrunner and the author and all of the stars to come in for every single episode. Oh, of that's the amazing. Show. Yeah. So it's going to be really great. It all drops on the 19th. Uh, and three episodes on the 19th of the after show and then one a day moving forward. After all that. right. Well, let's make sure we get some social posts up so I can let everybody know. In the meantime, you can follow us at Maria Menunos at the underscore indigo underscore coach at Jeff Crane, Jeffrey Crane Graham at Stephen Lemieux photo. And remember, be nice people. Make good choices and be present. Well, that's it for today, Heal Squad. Before I let you go, I want to make sure you don't forget to take care of yourself today. I'll be making sure I'm not forgetting to get outside, do my meditations, and of course, keep myself fueled with some sweet, chili, wonderful pistachios. Wonderful pistachios, as you know, are my go-to when hunger strikes because they're one of the highest protein nuts providing all nine essential amino acids, and they're great for on-the-go snacking. So... When you're ready to elevate your snacking game, visit wonderfulpistachios.com to grab a bag 